oh, okay, you have more followers than me and you think you the shit because you just that dude. Did you pay for your followers? Yeah, I thought so. That's why I'm finally podcasting with your dumb ass. I'm good, love, enjoy. <laughs> Social media influence, bruh. What could I say? Now, yeah, I found out about my podcast, finally podcasting, <coughs> through Instagram, Facebook. I appreciate everybody that's been watching. As we go into 20, why do I keep saying watching, listening? I appreciate everybody who's listening. Sharing the love, sharing it, you know, wanting to be interested what the next episode is and keep out, keep on at it, you know. Um, yeah, I found out about it. I use my phone to promo it. I make videos off my laptop for you guys so I can promo. Uh, you know, I'm not really into doing the whole marketing thing. I just do it because it's out of love and I got a voice and I feel like I should say what's on my mind. Man. Do I want to get my numbers up on this podcast? I mean, yeah. I mean, I want more people to listen and hear what I got to say. So, you know, I'm trying my dick dirt, you know what I mean? And what I got to do to to put it out there. But I'm not willing to pay for followers. I'm not willing to go ahead and be like, oh, I'm going to spend 30 to $40, this, that, and third. I don't want to do that. I mean, if it's necessary, I mean, I guess it's a business. So I would have to do it in some type of way. Either way, I like it or not. But that's all in the mind. So... In this episode today, we're going to talk about social media influence. You know, phones is such an eccentric part of our society. I find myself that I can't put it down. I know that you guys can understand where I'm coming from. In the morning when I wake up, I check my phone the first day, the first time I wake up. I look if I got any messages. I look if I got any phone calls. I look, uh, you know, if I got a new notification on Instagram and Facebook because that's primarily what I use. My emails, my emails are less important to me than what's going on on Instagram and Facebook. How did we plug into this reality? When we started off with social media, where did we come from? We had AOL. We had AIM. We had computers back in the 80s and the 90s, but then it just became social networks where, you know, you had dating sites. You had, uh, you had, you know, people to connect with. You know, meeting up with past or current high school students or people you knew around the world and stuff like that made some wonderful connections. I've had some fabulous online dates from the Internet. One of them is sincerely beautiful, but we won't get into that. Um, just just the fact of like social media now has become such an eccentric part of our society. You can't beat it. 
It's like everybody needs a phone to do what they got to do. You need a phone to have a business. You need a phone to interact with people. I find it that even when I plug away from media and I just want to go out places and I just want to, you know, find out about events, half of the time I have to find out events through my phone. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, but could I disconnect from the phone and just be like, yo, I want to go out to an event, but I want to find an event around the city without actually looking at my phone. I don't want to say that it's damn near impossible, but slim chances to none, I require a phone to at least get to that event. Unless I knew the event for a while and I know that they have it, like, let's say every Saturday, then I'd be like, okay, I'm going to just go to the event because they always have it. But how did I find out about that event? More than likely through my phone. And if you know how the olden days was, before we had phones, we had to pass everything down by word of mouth. Oh, so-and-so said this. Oh, word? Okay, so-and-so said this. And it passed for generations to generations. Because we're so technologically advanced in our society, we don't need to tell people things word by word. We could text it to you. We can call. We can do whatever. We can message. We can leave voicemails, voice clips. And a whole various of things in our society to connect with each other. So I want y'all to ponder a little bit. Take a trip with me. Is social media a pro or a con? Do you think that it's affecting your life in a way that it's unhealthy? Or do you think that the way you do it is healthy? Let me advise you something. If you guys are online, right? I would suggest to you to take a social media break. Every once in a blue moon, you cannot be addicted to your phone that much. That's what I do. I I like to take social media breaks. It's kind of hard because I have to promo my podcast episode to you guys every week. So I'm always on here and I'm like, okay, I got a promo for this. I got a promo for that. Yo, it be kicking my ass. Sometimes I don't feel like making videos. Sometimes I don't feel like talking. Sometimes I just don't feel like making an episode. But I have to stick to a schedule because this is what I'm trying to convey out to the audience. You know what I mean? So with social media influencers or what we do, what do you feel about social media? Do you feel like the things that's being promoted on Instagram and uh, Facebook, Twitter, I don't, I mean, those are three primary, oh yeah, um, Snapchat, Vine, you know, those primary websites. Do you think that it's something beneficial to you? Do you feel like the entertainment and the things that they do on these social media apps is worth the time and effort? Would you pay for your followers? And if so, why are you paying for your followers? If you don't want to pay for your followers, because I'm really reluctant on doing that as well. I'm reluctant on paying for followers. Um, What are you trying to do? Do you want to monetize yourself? And if you are monetizing yourself, what are you monetizing yourself for? I mean, hey, everybody got to eat at, at the end of the day, B. I'm not mad at you. You got to get your bread. You know, you got to have your cake and eat it too. I'm not mad at you. But as we dig deeper into this episode, I want you guys to think a little bit. And what does it mean to you? Listen, YouTube was started in 2005. If y'all want the Pacific date when YouTube came out, it was February 14, 2005. How do I remember this? I remember when... My teacher, Mr. Navasky, in computer class or after school, had told us about this website, that it was a video streaming website. Before then, 
you know, again, you have to realize this is not really back in the day. I mean, according to people that was born in like 2003 to 2005, then yeah, maybe. But um, I remember when the quality, the cell phone quality when you did videos was crap. And that you needed a real camera to like, you know, record videos. So you had this video streaming site. Started in 2005, you know, small, small, small little website back then. You was able to watch videos. You was able to just, you know, click on things. You was able to make a, a YouTube account and do what you have to do. Fast forward from 2005 into 2019. Because we're going into that year anyway. We're a couple of days away. 14 years later, 2019, YouTube. A lot of celebrities have became famous off of YouTube. You have people that go on YouTube and do um, DIYs, MUAs, um, thousands of things. People who do story times, people who do music, people who tell you how to do music on YouTube. YouTube has become such an essential part of society. You don't need to find out any information anywhere else. You really don't. (laughs) YouTube... University, as we like to call it, you can do the basic shit from YouTube. You need to know how to fix a tire. You can go on YouTube for that. You need to learn how to cook different meals or become vegan. You can go to YouTube for that. You want to fix the stuff that's inside of your body you feel is aching you and hurting you. You can go to YouTube for that. You want to learn how to do makeup tutorials and this and third. You can go to YouTube for that. You see, it's so funny how this is a 14 year corporation that's been able to have a headquarters in California uh, and been able to do, a lot of people have gained so much popularity and been able to be rich off of a simple website that was there for video streaming. Isn't that crazy? Like, it's so amazing, right? And I'm like, I think because I'm a youth, like I binge watch on YouTube. I, YouTube is like my TV now. I don't watch TV. <laughs> if not if I'm not reading and writing in my journal, I'm watching YouTube videos. Sometimes I might spend half the day watching YouTube videos. And I might be like, damn, like I really spent like five, six hours watching a YouTube video or watching YouTube videos. I listened to music from YouTube. I was able to find a lot of oldies from YouTube. See? See how crazy that is? YouTube has been able to basically be a part of my life so much that I might be on my laptop from YouTube and then go outside and listen to music from YouTube. It's crazy. So, YouTube, man. YouTube University. People have been able to make a killing off of YouTube. But again, you know I always like to shake it up a little bit, but that goes with anything that comes with social media. The one thing that I don't like about, and this is just in general, because I guess I'm not, I don't like judgmental people and I don't like people who have big egos. But of course, when you get into yourself and you make millions of views and you get thousands of streams and this, that, and the third, yeah, you're going to be making money. You're going to get the popularity and this, that, and the third. But, uh, you know, I was watching something like, um, someone like, uh, FouseyTube. You don't know who FouseyTube is. It's like this, this, I don't want to say he's Indian. He looks Middle Eastern and he's been around. He's, he's known for doing prank videos and, you know, uh, talking about relationship advice, but you know, he's been able to make a following off of YouTube. And I thought it was so profound because 
here it is, he's talking about his depression. He's talking about, yo, like, you know, I don't feel like myself, but like, yo, I got mad, I got mad love, you know, I, I'm doing a concert for the people. And then he's talking about Bella Hadid winning in my DMs, yeah. And did a, 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 a whack-ass trap song from, <laughs> and then that's what he said, Bella Hadid in my DMs, yeah. And I'm just, I'm just looking back and I'm just like, yo, this is all from YouTube. What if you didn't have a YouTube following? What if YouTube just never existed? What if YouTube was really limit on a limit where they only allowed a certain amount of people to make videos and they wasn't trying to monetize your videos? What would it mean then? Would it mean anything? Probably not. I know people who made 12, 13 YouTube channels. Got where they wanted to be because they made 12, 13 YouTube channels. Crazy, right? Um, but YouTube... YouTube is so eccentric to my life because I'm always using it. I'm always just like listening to stuff from there, you know, and well, everything you need is on there. There's a big plethora of stuff. You know, of course, I've heard about the AdSense and Google taking off, you know, I don't know if it was Google, but, you know, the monetization is becoming more stricter. Um, your First Amendment rights is being challenged because of YouTube and the things that they stand for and the community guidelines. And... um yeah, YouTube has a plethora of stuff. YouTube even has porn. What? Blaze, what? How do you know that? Randomly, some random ass video pops up on my feed when I watch YouTube and it has porn. There's pornography on there. Probably goes by a different name. It's not going to say triple X or this, that, and the third or fuck buddy here or hit this hot pussy here. It's not going to say that, but there's YouTube on porn. Uh, there's porno on YouTube. But again, going back to what I was saying, it is so easy to make content on YouTube. It's crazy. There's people who really get famous for story time. There's people who lie on YouTube. I'm convinced that half of these people that make these videos on YouTube be lying. There's people who have strategies on trying to make money and deceive the people by being on YouTube. You feel what I'm saying? YouTube has this plethora of the greatest balance in Babylon with the good and the bad. Whereas... Yeah, make whatever videos you want. If we don't like your videos, we're going to shut them down or we're going to give you a strike and we're going to do this, that, and the third if it's too controversial or we telling the truth. But it's amazing how YouTube started off from this regularized video streaming thing in 2005 and 14 years later we have this. They have YouTube awards. They have people who have panels who have all these different things they do just from a simple click on your computer. Just from a simple little on your phone, a whole app <laughs> to make whatever you want and whatever you want to say on YouTube to help people or to talk about yourself or be selfish and to make your life about you. But isn't it amazing, family? YouTube, video streaming sites, and I mean, I'm pretty sure you have other things on there. You have Vine, Musical.ly. I don't know if they're an extension of YouTube or YouTube owns it, but you know, that's also video streaming sites. Comedians, you know what I mean, has been making a living and killing off of YouTube. All these different things happen. So, with that being said, YouTube University, bro. So, let's divvy up into Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the interaction websites, and all that good jazz. I'm also going to talk about online dating, too. Next segment. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. So... I think it's pretty amazing that you are able to interact with people through these websites. I've met some great friends along the way. I've met some great people. I've met 
dope people I had a great connection with, then people not so much. Um, we go on our phones every day. We have communications with people we don't know or communications with people we do know. We fall in love with people that we've met through social media, the, crippers, the, the, the click of a screen. It's ironic that, uh, no, I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit later. But, um, you know, you have these different, different apps in order to express yourself on social media, yes. And if you are promoting your brand, this is the perfect time to do it. I have a hard time understanding the algorithm of like how social media works. Obviously, I'm not an old man. I'm a millennial, but I don't get with that whole thing about buying followers or having thousands of followers to have clout because your profile could look like shit and you could have thousands of followers and you, your content cannot mean anything. I mean, half the time you'll scroll through these pages and you'll see thirst trap photos and yada, yada, yada. But now it's the sexual content being cut down for whatever reason. I don't know. And, you know, that's basically what it is because Tumblr did that. Because before then, Tumblr, you was able to post porn on your website. But now they're just like, no, we're not allowing that. You can't do that. We had to shut it down. And that sex workers are getting mad behind that because of course, <laughs> I don't know nothing about it, but I randomly would see it. And believe me, I'm a straight man. I don't have to lie about anything. But, you know, a lot of this fucking sex workers that was out there was these trans that was trying to sell some ass pussy on the market. <laughs> some boy pussy. Um, and then obviously you had other girls out there that was selling their pussy. And they was, they, was, they was like selling themselves to be online. And dudes I was sitting there selling their dick to go online. You know what I mean? All or vice versa. But that's just sexual pretense. Um, you know, people who sell, you know, people who sell products. People who sell their makeup. People who sell lotions. People who sell their clothes. Everybody has a, a grounding for why they're on social media. I, I don't ascribe to trying to pay for followers. I, I think that organically, I like building my own audience. I find it that the way that I put my Instagram down, I, I like to be um, creative. Whatever it is that I'm posting on social media, I just like to be creative. I have a lot to say. I have a lot to show you. And I like to give the audience something to see. Um, and... The thing about it is I might see someone that has tens and thousands of followers or people who have millions of followers, celebrities that might go on my page and like my stuff. But I've also had a beef with that, too. I've never really liked, um, you know, people. I mean, teach your own. You feel inspired to if that's a person you really like. Hey, go ahead. But, you know, you'll take a screenshot of a celebrity and they'd be like, oh, my God, he or she um, like my picture. Or like my profile, oh my god. And I'll be sitting there, I'll be like, they're just a regular person at the end of the day. Yeah, you know them, they have some notoriety. Now they comment, I'm going to speak to them like a human being. And that's the thing. When I've seen people that have tens and thousands of, dollars, um, tens and thousands of followers in person, my feelings for them never change. I just look at you and I'll be like, what's up, bro? I don't like putting people on pedestals. So my whole rhetoric and the way that I think is very different because I don't really care if you're a celebrity, bro. You could be a piece of shit celebrity and treat me like shit. Or you could be a humble celebrity to be like, yo, like, you're a cool dude. And I'd be like, you're a cool dude or you're a cool girl, too. So when learning about social media, hey, what are you trying to convey to your audience? What are you trying to do? If you believe in paying for views and all this other stuff, then do you feel like it's worth it? Do you feel like people are going to catch on to your, your, your content? I don't believe in paying for shit. Maybe I'm cheap. But it's just like, you know, organically, I like building my following. I have 500 followers. I mean, 
I've, I've put myself up on a social media challenge since at least 2013, 2014. That's when I started paying attention. And every single time each year, I would gain about 100 followers or so. And I would gain more people that would look at my profile. I went from 200 to 500. That's like 300 followers added on. Do I pretty much think that I'm probably going to get 300, 400 followers probably in the next two to three years? Hell yeah. But I'm not really focused on trying to gain followers. I'm like, yo, I want to gain followers so you can listen to what I'm saying. Yes, I have music that I want to express for myself because I want to tell you why this music is important to me and why I produce it. Um, I want to tell you about my photography because I want to tell you the story behind my photos and why I decided to, to, to do these photos. Now, somebody might say, well, Blaze, that requires that you get your name out and that you build your business and this, that, and a third. Hey, I still need to take time to build my business. I'm taking my sweet time. I don't like rushing myself. I'm doing a good job of pacing and just being more or less great with what I'm doing. And also, I want to be a published author. I have books. I have story ideas. I have things that I want to talk about. These are all the aspirations I'm going to get done and it's going to happen, whether you like it or not. Well, my, my beef is, is like, you know, even with that, you got people out here who put out thirst trap photos, people who, you know, post out all these different things. Are you seeking attention? Like, this is a real question. I'm not trying to be, you know, sarcastic. I'm really trying to ask you a question. Like, are you are you seeking attention? Like, why do you put these thirst trap photos out? Because you have ass and titties. We all know that. I've seen a lot of girls that have ass and titties. There's a couple of girls that I'm attracted to now that have some nice size boobs or have a nice ass. You feel what I'm saying? Like, that's just a factor in the game. Difference is, one of them, I don't focus my time and energy on how she looks physically. I like her mind. So I'm just like, okay, you're dope. But we won't talk about that. Um, more specifically, if we're going to talk about these different things or whatever, um, what are we doing? You know, I, I like to go to word of mouth. I have people that I've worked with that I've talked to, how I've had conversations with that's trying to build their own brand, but it requires social media to do so. So regardless if I want to run away from social media, I still need it because I have things that I need to speak about and things that I have to talk about and things that I would have to do in order to get an audience's attention. So think about it for a second, family. What are we trying to convey on social media? What are we trying to do? What are we trying to go with it? What are you trying to do on social media? I think it's just pretty annoying. The same thing happens over and over and over again. People is just posting stuff up and then automatically if they're showing their ass or their titties or they're showing them they have a six pack or something like that, automatically they're promoting for these uh, teeth whitening products or uh, clothes and fashion over and this, that, and the third because people need sales. So it's kind of like it's a help me help you kind of situation. But at the same time, I'm using you because you got clout. You wouldn't, based on my numbers, I wouldn't get the same type of love and the same type of opportunity to express myself and be like, yo, this is my brand or people know me because I don't have a certain amount of followers. You get what I'm saying? And then if I was on YouTube, I would need certain amount of views for people to rock with me in order for it to be monetized and me to be taken more seriously and have a name on YouTube. Tumblr, I don't know how it works, but people would just be like, oh, he's a Tumblr, you know what I mean? And all these different things. Or Vine, I would have to do a comedy skit with people who's well known for being comedians on social media to have some type of following. So you understand what I'm saying, family? It's just like, I don't like to be molded. I like to do what I like to do. But do I still have to be completely 
on myself of being like, yo, like I need this amount of people to rock with me because I have this, that, and the third. I mean, even still, I even thought about the show that was on Viceland that was hosted by Paris Hilton a while back. I forgot what it's called. But isn't it so crazy about how people live their lives through social media? And I'm like, sometimes I put my phone at home and find out I have four or five missed calls. I'd be like, well, damn it, oh well. I went outside and I took a breath of fresh air. I'm away from social media. I don't want to deal with it. I got things that I need to deal with on my own accord, and this is not one of them. You know? We got to think about that, family. Online dating. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk about it. In this culture, man, I am I was, for the last, let's say, it's 2018, right? For the last eight to ten years, social media presence, I've always said I do not like online dating don't i don't like online dating like i usually like to meet people in person and establish a rapport and establish a connection there ultimately i say now in 2018 and 2019 i don't mind it i'm more enticed i want to meet you offline than i am to online let me let me tell you the challenge this was this i ain't gonna tell you that i'm one that's i've been the one that's always unlearned the, the learn right I I follow trends. I'm not going to sit here and play stupid. I follow trends. I, I'll be the first to admit it. As much as I don't want to admit it, I follow trends. You feel what I'm saying? If there's a, a ethic to it and I understand it and I like it and I understand it's worth something, then I'll do it. Online dating. And why I say trends is because I thought about um, Tinder. I did have a Tinder account a minute ago, like a while back, like I think like maybe a year or two ago. I had a, I had a Tinder account. And, of course, I wanted to get my freak on. I wanted to, you know, do the do. You feel what I'm saying? I wanted to be like, yo, I'm going to give me a shorty to smash. You feel me? Tinder, I mean, I guess you got to put in as much as you can. But I don't really care. I didn't really care for it. I guess I was just passing time. And I was just like, all right, cool. And then I had all these other websites. I was just like, back then, because I didn't know myself back then. I was just like, I wasn't really looking for a relationship back then. I was a mess. I just was like, oh, you want to have sex? Oh, I want to have sex too. Let's go. You know, like, I wasn't thinking like now I am. I'm like, yo, I want a relationship and I want something stable. I don't I don't really want to deal with you. Like, if I do have sex with you, it's only because I've known you before. You know, I've known you for a while. You know what I mean? So it's not the same accordance. Being on Tinder, I can only recall... There's women that hit me up and we only had like a few conversations or I hit certain shorties up. We had a few conversations, but then after that, it didn't go nowhere. I didn't really meet anybody on Tinder. I probably met like one person, but we didn't have sex. And I think Tinder is dead now. I don't really think people talk about it. But, you know, people that be wanting to find love, if it's the the, the um, certain websites is like, yo, this is for, you know, having sex. I when you have certain shorties that's just like I'm not looking to have sex, I'm here to date. I'm like, well you on a wrong profile. You on a wrong app. But then I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit here and say there's people who do want to defy their odds and really out here looking for love, but maybe they just not taking the safety precautions with it. Um That's my whole thing on Tinder, but like my online dating experiences have always been interesting because I don't I think there has been toxic women that I've dealt with and many of them that's egotistical. But even the recent one that I met is mad chill. 
And just words to the wise off topic, I got mad love her. Like she's mad pretty, she's beautiful, and she has such a dope like type of persona. And you know, it is what it is at the end of the day. But I'm just saying like my experiences with online dating, you know, of course I had to be very careful when I meet them the first time because I don't know you. You could be a man, you could be catfishing me, you could be doing this, that, and the third. That's why certain girls with or certain people, I'd be like, yo, let's FaceTime call. Well, I can't do FaceTime because I got a damn Android phone. So um, that's why it comes to certain shorties. I would basically all shorties I would meet. I'd be like, yo, like, like I want to hear your voice. I want to hear how you speak on the phone just to confirm you're real, even though that might be not you. Or I want to at least see your face so I know that that's you that I'm speaking to. I'm not speaking to some dude or speaking to some predator. You feel me? We all, we all got to be careful with that. And especially if you're online dating. I'm not saying you shouldn't online date because there has been love connections made off of online dating. But y'all got to be careful. And of course, you know, even with online dating, I've seen people go on YouTube and they have their whole relationships out there. Boyfriend tag, girlfriend tag. And all this other stuff, I'd I be like, I son, so like, what makes you different from other couples? So I, I was thinking about that 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 couple, Queen Nasia, who's a music artist, I'm assuming, and then this dude named Clarence NYC, who's like this bearded, light skinned dude. And you know, people were sitting here saying that, oh, um, Clarence is like a handler, he's an Illuminati, a handler, and Queen Naja is under his spell. Look, listen, family. I'm just saying online dating. I don't know if they met online. They possibly did. But certain people that put their information online or they dating each other or they putting their business out there because this does relate to online dating. You are having your relationship out there for the web to see. Some of them really do do it for views. They do. They put up this whole friend like, oh, I love you and you love me too. And, you know, you have a whole bunch of things. I, I've seen different things, bro. I've seen, what did I see on the online dating? Like specifically to take off of like, online dating in an individual aspect um the boyfriend girlfriend tags i've seen gay couples i've seen interracial couples and they do tags they do tags all the time oh um my white boyfriend or my black girlfriend and this that and third i've seen interracial tags you know indian you know stuff like interracial couple tags um pro-black couple tags all these different things right People that have their own YouTube channel and they talk about their boyfriend or their girlfriends, this, that, and the third. And, you know, they don't really have them on camera or they show their face and, you know, all these stories and blah, 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 blah. Story time telling about their past one or their ex and yada, yada, yada. So I say that to say with online dating, don't be automatically pulled into the idea that you think a lot of this shit is real. It's not. And with online dating on an individual aspect, I ask every each one of y'all to be very careful with who you're, who you're dealing with. Yeah, get to know them, get to know who they are, but you can never know how things wind up if you don't pay attention. You feel me? At first, I was, a, I, was, I was against online dating because I thought it was a lame thing to do. Like, you have to find love online. You can't find love outside of an app. You got to find love online. I was against that. And I was just like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't believe in doing that. But a lot of soulful connections have been made, especially for me, um, off of online dating. So I never sit here and say, like, I'm against it. I would prefer to meet somebody online. But I mean, if I have options, then why not? 
one of my best friends is in a relationship right now and they've met like the love of their life online dating bro and they was so quick to just get fuck it i don't want to deal with it so you never know what the possibilities are but with online dating definitely do be careful understand what your intentions are if you were to meet that person if you weren't online with them if you want to be a fuck boy or a fuck girl i mean make that intention clear like you're just trying to have sex with them like you're not trying to play no games you you feel what i'm saying that this this goes with dating in general but online dating is the veil because all I know is, is what's the, what is the description in your profile, what you look like based off of the pictures you put online, and then when I meet you in person, do you have the same type of energy? Do you look the same in person? And luckily, luckily, family, each and every time I've online dated any girl, they look the same. It's not like I, I've, I have not gotten catfish. So I'm like, I bet, <laughs> bet I'm good. And they be like, oh, so what about you? I'm like, I look the same in my photos and my videos. And I actually have videos of me talking. So you know that's me. I'm not here to catfish. Do not catfish me. You know, I don't do that. But that that on the spectrum about online dating, like, you got to be careful. You got to know what you're getting yourself into. And with online dating, I used to just be against it. I'm like, I don't do online dating. You know, I'm not, I'm against it. But I mean, nowadays, it's just like whatever options is available. You know, I want a relationship, you know, and there's again, there's many girls that I like. There's girls or a girl I like or girls that I like, you know, but, you know, it's about the connection first. Any connection can be made anywhere, but you got to take care of yourself, too, because sometimes people don't have the right intentions. But people do have the right intentions, too. You never know what you can find. And that's the beautiful thing about social media on a construct because you could take your time and just be like yo da 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 blah 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 and you wind up moving in with that person two three years later you never know so find out online dating what you thought i wasn't going to find out the stuff you was talking about two three years ago on your profile you must be bugging the hell out bro you got me fucked up nah so, yo, in this segment, man, if I didn't mention it before on one of my episodes, SJW and the bandwagon train, y'all roll on. I did express the fact of like people do look at your profile from like three, four years ago and dig deep and find the information about you to see if you have a racist bone in your body or you're against the LGBTQ community and such like that. Or more or less things that's just racist, anti-Semitic, this, that and third. Listen. I don't know why people do that. I don't know if they're trying to check for your credibility, if they're trying to check if there's a negative bone in your body, because obviously when you post something, it comes from your mind, it comes from your thoughts. It's the energy you have at the time of day that you are feeling that you are expressing on a social media platform. That's true. That's true. Let's not play those games. So it kind of bothers me. But at the same time, interesting when certain situations happen with certain people, when things they say on Twitter specifically gets dug up and then they have to sit back and be like, well, did I say something racist? Did you say something that was colorist? Blah, blah, blah. Let me dig deep, fam. You, you, you know, okay, two situations, right? So we have Kevin Hart, right? Kevin Hart has been under fire because of tweets he said about saying that his son or saying something about gays, right? And then saying that he doesn't want his son to be gay. But then there's another tweet that Kevin Hart had put out about dark-skinned women. and making fun of dark-skinned women and blah, blah, blah. 
And, you know, talking shit about dark-skinned women. I got mad off rip. I'm like, you don't talk shit about dark-skinned women. More specifically, because I like dark-skinned women. Fuck out of here. We not doing that. You short shrimpo, burnt shrimpo motherfucker. I'll cut ass on your dark ass, dumbass. Anyway, then there was another one where I found out about was it Charles 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 Leon Jr. Is that his name? The quarterback or whatever his name that plays for whatever football team? Because I don't watch football. Um, that his he proposed to his girlfriend who's white. So basically, he's a swirler, and um, that people dug up her tweets and found out she was racist, and then she was saying nigga this and nigga that. And she was saying all these different things about black men and why she loves black men and that black men do to white women is so true and all this other stuff. And I was like, wow, interesting. Wow. Black black Twitter did come for that ass, though. And my thoughts on that is, it's like, have we gotten to the time in social media that you have to watch what you say on social media? Like I told y'all in the episode before, somebody dug up my Facebook post from like 2014 and discovered that I had an attraction to genders. But you didn't even know that I was talking about black genders when you was on my profile. And it was because the woman was interested in me. She liked me. So I'm like, oh, so you want to learn? I'm just like, I don't think it's going to go anywhere because I don't seem that, I don't feel that vibe with you. And I think she was an all right woman. I think she was all right, but I just didn't feel a vibe. So I was like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. But um, I'm saying I have to say, should we watch what we say on social media? Do we not want to offend anybody? Do we want to be like, nah, I don't want to get in trouble for saying this or saying that because I have a brand to protect? <laughs> but every day there's someone that says something on a wider sp- spectrum that could be racist, anti-Semitic is like people like to call it. And especially because there's a clip of me at this protest that I went to on Wednesday. And I, y'all can look at the clip. Y'all can find it if y'all want to. I'm not going to tell y'all what the name is. But somebody said that I was anti-Semitic because I was saying that Hasidic Jews buy up all the property in um, different neighborhoods in New York to proliferate gentrification. I did say that. I, I'm not going to deny what I said. It's true. And I stick by to what the fuck I said. And I'm going to be talking about, about this in a new New York segment later this season anyway. But... Would I be called anti-Semitic? Would I be called racist? Even though Jew, Judaism is not a, is not a uh, ethnicity, it is a religion. It is not. It is not. But anyway, I'm just trying to say, the fact of the matter I said, Ginger, do you think that because how I am and how I have such a strong attraction to the Afro diaspora, do you think that I was lying and I'm a hypocrite because of something I said back in 2014? Who knows? You could be thinking that. But that's my point, family. So when you when you see this happen, and especially about the white woman that got ousted or Kevin Hart making his comments about dark skinned women or saying that he doesn't want his son to be gay. Um, what do you think about that? Does this ruin their brand? Because when you see a lot of these things happen, a lot of people get quit under fire and then they're like slim to none. People don't fuck with them afterwards because, yo, you said this on social media or you did this on social media. How did we get crafted into thinking that what somebody says should make them be basically excommunicated from doing it is what they do on a daily basis because they said one thing. Think about that. I mean, my opinion about the thing that happened with Kevin Hart, y'all just kind of witnessed me roast his ass for what he said about dark-skinned women. But 
I mean, we have to think about it on an individual scale. First Amendment, the protection and the rights of free speech. If I want to say that I hate Jews, then that would be me, you know, giving my First Amendment right. But I don't hate Jews. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't hate Jews. I, I don't hate you guys. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm, that's because someone called me anti-Semitic on the thing. So I want to talk about what I said. Now, if I was a white woman, and I said, I hate niggers or I hate black people. But then I got married to a black man. What would you think then? Would you be like, so you're a swirler and... No, you're attracted to this black man. You went ahead and you married him, but you said that you hate niggers. It's always a windling effect. And I'm just like, yo, like, it's crazy to me because it's like you say one thing or you post something that you forgot all about. And then it comes back to hit you in your face, especially this year when we had the controversy about the white dude, McClure, McClure or whatever the name family the olden white guy that was with a Nigerian woman, they have two children as twins and they have a YouTube page. And, um, you know, he, he has a very like racist sentiment towards him because if you do listen about the history of the bell curve, I learned this from this YouTuber named Paris Milan. So I give my credit to her because she taught me about it. But um, even still, you know, when the, when the stuff is dug up from this stuff in 2012, and I just think black Twitter and black Instagram and the rest of them just really did not like the fact matter. This is a Nigerian black woman in a relationship with a white dude. Like, and he's wearing a daishiki and she's wearing a daishiki dress. Like, oh, hell no. What are you doing? Are you bugging? Y'all bugging, fams. So I just think we didn't like it. Because I think that with black, the black voices that's on social media, we just don't like seeing swirlers. Like, we don't like seeing, like, specifically relationships with black and white people. I'm just saying this is just, I'm seeing, I'm saying we because I ain't black. So I'm allowed to say that. But, um, it's just, it's just funny. It's just like, wow, I never knew, like, somebody posting something from their mind on social media would then excommunicate, excommunicate them out on certain platforms and things that they do. I'm like, wow, that's crazy, bruh. Last thing I want to talk about is I'm finding it like usually this is the thing I like about the generation. I don't think it's anything wrong with someone who starts off with one thing and then they do the next thing and they do the next thing if they're really talented at it. I want to focus this segment on the sexual content because I feel like with social media it's a little bit too much of that and we're not getting back to you know, people being everyday people. Yeah, you're getting paid to show your ass and show your titties. You're getting paid to show your six pack. Drake, you're like 30 something years old and you're in a pool with your stupid ass beard and you're showing the world, oh, look at my six pack. Look at me with my shirt off, bitch ass nigga. Nobody want to see that with your thirsty ass. Go sit your ass down somewhere. You got a child. Relax, put a shirt on. And Kim Kardashian, because I don't like you, because you got famous off a damn sex tape, and you want the whole world to kiss your ass because, oh, my whole family is great, and we have a mega business, and Kylie Jenner just became a billionaire off of some products that she stole from other black people. Bitch. And, <laughs> yo, listen, man. I, I mean, I guess I'm being rude or I'm being mean, but, like, there's a whole method to my madness. Too many times I'm seeing a lot of these people leading this generation into thinking that everything has to be sexual and that people are not telling you, yo, look, listen, let's focus on your talents and focus on your life. What do you want to do when you grow up? Being a social media influencer is great if you're going to be teaching and leading the nation into a great place. But 
if you're not going to be doing that and all you're doing is telling people to be egotistical and sell perfume, sell um sell beauty pro- products while also selling your ass on the market or showing people that you got titties and ass that Kim Kardashian you paid for, Black China you paid for, and a lot of you Instagram followers paid for, what are you trying to do? Because spiritually I want y'all to connect with me. Connect with me real quick. You do something so big that is actually your spirit and you as a person on an individual note, which is big because this is you. This is what you're putting out into the world in order to put it on a small app. Think about what I just said. Something so big that you're doing to proliferate your image to put on a small thing that we call an app. Think about it. I want y'all to think about what I'm saying. Don't don't go off and be like, I don't know what you're talking about, Blaze. You don't make no sense. No, think about what I'm saying. Because if you deleted the app, what would it be? Nothing. You would be nothing. You wouldn't have all of what you have if it wasn't for that app. Again, this is the reason I keep it real. I've connected with so many people by going through events. And then I showed them my Instagram and they add me. And I'd be like, okay, this is another person that sees exactly what I'm doing and they rock with you know, that that's what I mean when I say that. But you have to think about what I'm saying when I just said what I said. And going back to what I was saying, trends is always proliferated off of social media. It is because, you don't. there's nothing that happens outside that people just magically gravitate to. Every time there's a challenge, it comes off of Instagram. Every time there's a challenge, it comes off of Facebook, Twitter, blah, 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 threads, blah, blah, blah. And people say what they have to say. So I'm just trying to say... The sexual content is a little bit too much these days. People go in about their sex talks and talk about all these different things they did with each other, blah, 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 airing out your dirty laundry, women out here showing their whole whatever they have. And I'm not saying that there's a difference between being an Instagram model, I guess, and just being a straight old thought. (laughs) I don't even like saying thought. I don't like saying discriminatory words, but it's just that. Too many times I'm seeing a sexual image overshadow your beauty. And I want you to show your beauty. And there's nothing wrong with showing a little bit of goods. But now it's to the point, would it affect me in my relationship? A girl that I'm interested in, whether it is right now or before, do I want her showing off herself in panties and bras all the time? Do I want her to see me in my briefs all the time? No. Because that's something I want to see for myself. And that's very important in a relationship type of dynamic. You feel me? And with that also being say to men about how many times you have a lot of these SoundCloud-esque rappers or these people that's influenced by SoundCloud culture that they have to put on all these tattoos, get these braids, get these dreads and, and so on and so forth. And I sit back and I be like, yo, like, what you doing? Because, I mean, it's so sad that we took tattoos to the face such to a level I was around City College one day and I seen this teenage kid walk down Amsterdam Avenue and his whole face is tatted. And I'm talking about his whole face is tatted with like flowers or whatever it is. It looked like shit on his face. It did. It looked like complete shit. And I was sitting there and I was like, why did you get your face tatted like that? Were you drunk and somebody tatted you or did you actually go to the tattoo parlor and say, yo, I want to get tatted on my face with a bunch of flowers? And it don't look nice. It don't look nice. It look like you have a skin condition, bruh. So, 
my whole thing about it is, yes, I don't mind you expressing yourself. Yes, you should absolutely express yourself. But, you know, if you want to be taken seriously and if this is what you're posting online, you can't get mad if that's the image that people are used to you as. You know, there's a way of doing things without being so sultry and being so like, you know, into the culture and being a follower, which is the reason why Instagram says followers instead of saying friends. On Facebook, you have friends. Twitter's you have followers. On Instagram, you have followers. I don't even like referring to people that, that that's on Instagram as my followers or I follow this person. I'd be like, yo, this is the person that added me on Instagram. That's it. Or I know this person on Instagram or I'm interested in that person on Instagram. That's how I feel. I don't like I don't like doing that whole thing. But more to say, and I think I'm gonna end it off on this note. I don't feel like going any further, because that's all I have to say. With YouTube, do your thing. Instagram, do your thing. Twitter, do your thing. Try your best not to follow trends to the point that it's hurting you. You understand? Don't follow trends to the point that it's hurting you and you're looking for other people's validations in order to become popular. All I'm saying is social media and all this other stuff is the same thing like high school. You have your own cliques. You have people that you rock with. You have people who do conniving things to get more people on their side. Um, such as so, I seen something prevalent with someone like Lily Pons, who's a comedian. I think her, she's like the female Jim Carrey to me, and she's like the the Latina version of it. But you know, she tried to she did stuff to her friend Amanda to get more followers on her profile, and I'm like, wow. But then she got a music. She started doing music, and I'm saying, yes, exploit your talents, do what you do. As much as I might be in a, a disapproval of a lot of the music that's out now. Can I really get mad at you if you really are creative with it and you doing what you do inside of your heart and your passion? Nah. I may disagree with it, but I ain't going to be mad at you. So with YouTube... Oh, shit. I'm sorry. With YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, we have to learn to unplug too. It is okay to take social media breaks. Stop spending every waking moment on your phone. If you have a marketing ploy and you are governed to, you know, make your way on doing social media, this, that, and the third every week, I mean, work it out. Take a break, though. I don't feel like being on my phone every single day. I don't feel like being on my phone every weekend. Sometimes I'm just like, yo, turn that shit off. I don't want to be involved with it. I'm good. And, and we have to learn that. So in this technology age, we have to be more smart and more efficient and just being like, yo, let's do things better than what we're doing. Brother, it's okay to put the phone down. Shorty, it's okay not to take ass shots and show your titties. Like, it's cool. You don't have to do that all the time. Just show somebody show somebody more of yourself and what you are in the mental than what you are in the physical. And men, we got to show these women, look, listen, I'm not with trends. I'm a smart dude that got things going on for himself. I do this and I do that. It's not always about trying to be that mumble rapper or being that dude that follows trends or trying to be funny. And on the last note, Nah, not on the last note. That's really all I have to say. Next episode, we're going to do the last episode of 2018. Y'all, 2018, can you believe it? It's about to be over. We're about to go into 2019. Relatively short. I don't got much to say, but we're going to do the year in the review. How was it for me? What were you expecting for 2019? You heard? So with that being said, peace and hair grease, and I'm finally podcasting. <laughs>